Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast.gmail.com is our email address. If you haven't subscribed yet to the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube channel, you should do that. Subscribe to the FlowTrack YouTube channel. We have a lot of stuff going up. We had This Week in Track, my show on Monday, followed by a Jakob Ingebrigtsen race breakdown. Gordon, did you drop your NCAA show today as well? Are you on schedule? Uh-oh. You don't look like he's on schedule, folks. What happened, Gordon? I got tired. So at the conclusion of this episode, this live episode, I will film, edit, and post all before noon o'clock today. So it's going to be up Ooh. before noon. Central we'll time. Okay. That's a Gordon Mack guarantee. I'm going to put my ranking show up on Thursday, which has some movement based on some races that we saw uh, yesterday, Gordon. Um, so we'll get into that on today's show. We'll also talk about Trayvon Bromel. Is he going to race Tyreek Hill? There's been some conversation. And of course, we will touch on the story that is captivating the distance running world. I'm, of course, referring to Poopgate, which I didn't think I'd say that phrase in the history of my life. But here we are. Um, first of all, though, the show, Gordon, sponsored by Hoka. Gordon is holding up the new Cielo X. Hoka's just introduced the most advanced spike shoe yet, the Cielo X. Powered by the propulsion of carbon. You got the MD for mid distance performance, the LD for long distance performance. The website, hoka.com, hoka faster forward, hoka faster forward. So I'm holding up these orange guys. Gordon has the white ones that he is uh, showing you all the angles of once again. So we thank Hoka for uh, sponsoring the pod today. Gordon, you still have the shoe next to the mic, which I like. Yeah, I don't know where I'll, you're good. At, you're you have a better setup than me. Your shoe looks like normal size. My shoe is very big. It's like the size of my head. I guess it is normal that the shoe the size of your head, but mm-hmm. I'm very zoomed in on my shoe. I'm zoomed in. But yeah, Hoka, get the spike, get both, but don't wear both at the same time because that'll be weird. You might yeah. tip over because you have a MD and an LD on your feet. It's gonna mess yeah. up your equilibrium. So buy a pair of each, not one of each. Yeah, and you got the MD, and I got the, the LD right here. I'll show them up one more time here. Carbon in there. Pabow. Uh, all right, let's start first with Tarun World Indoor Tour. You and I watched this race together in this very booth yesterday. You came in because I said this one is for the number one ranking in the women's 60. Ava Sobota of Poland. She had been running well enough to where if she beat Elaine Thompson, hurrah, she could claim the throne. Elaine Thompson, hurrah, won her first race in Birmingham, but looked a bit beatable, especially when you saw the heats in Tarun and Sobota pulled off the upset in the final. Thompson, hurrah, doesn't have enough room to catch her and cannot catch Soboda after that fast start. So Soboda gets the win. Uh, quick time. She is the person to beat now in the world in the 60, in part because Elaine Thompson Hurrah is not going to run world indoors. But Soboda has now run seven flat, 703, 704, and 706 this season. Uh, Gordon, your reaction to that race? Uh, very impressed. Elaine Thompson almost was able to get back in, uh, if I'm 
because basically Sabona was in the lead the entire time. Like Thompson never had the lead. I thought there might have been, if there were like, you know, 20 more meters, you think Elaine Thompson Raw pulls it off. But this is something where is unique about indoors is that there's unique athletes who are just really good at indoor only events, which is like a 60. Because you look at mm -hmm. her 100 meter times, she's only run like 11 1 or 11 0 high. Mm -hmm. She's never broken 11 yeah. seconds in 100, and she just beat a 10 5 woman. Like, that doesn't make yeah. sense on paper. Like, how can someone who can't break 11 seconds just like demolish the, one of the fastest people in the world all time? And it makes it happens because it's only 60 meters. And hey, she's really good at this event. And I think it sets her up well to potentially win her first ever global gold. And uh, it's looking good. She's the heavy favorite now because if – are you reporting yeah. that Elaine thompson Ralph's not doing Worlds? Is that like an official thing? I'm reporting based on her social media post that okay. said, see you outdoors. Yeah. And when, okay. when someone says, see you outdoors, sometimes they do it after one race indoors sometimes they do it after two sometimes three but when you get to see you outdoors that means it is over and i don't know if her decision was influenced by this race or if that was her plan all along if the world record was the goal she came up short from that this year obviously in her two meets she was never really close to getting that mark from Prevalova. so i think you're right this is all this is Swoboda's to lose at this point there's only a couple of weeks until world indoor championships also sets up well for the Americans right now too. Whichever two Americans qualify, they're in good position. You could throw Brianna Williams of Jamaica in there as someone who's run really well this year too because Thompson Hurrah not being there. I think if she did run world indoors, um, people wouldn't count her out because they say, all right, she lost, but it was pretty close there. She has run 10-5, get another couple races under her belt, get a little bit better start, and she'll be good to go. But I guess when it comes to Thompson Hurrah, do you take anything from these two meets in terms of what it means for what she can do outdoors? Not really. I think I think she just isn't all in on indoors. I think um, she's not building her her season around peaking for indoors, and I think she probably was kind of, hey. If this goes well, I'll continue and I'll maybe, you know, if I can stride yeah. my way to another global medal, a gold, I'll do it. But she clearly can't stride her way because there's someone like Sabota in her way who is not just striding, but sprinting incredibly fast times, running low sevens, multiple races in a row. And yeah. it's like, all right, she's like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm going to stay away from this. I'm going to let let her take off and, and potentially break seven seconds and I'll just focus on outdoors. I do want to say this though. Let, year's 2022. Twitter has yeah. been around for a decade, right? Over a decade. How do people still not know how to use Twitter? Look at Elaine Thompson's around tweet. Do they not know how hashtags work? That you need to put a space between the hashtags? Oh, you got to put the space. For them to yeah. actually link Cole, put this up on the screen if you're there. Well, does she not know maybe how to use hashtag? Quickly after the race. Yeah. Oh, she got the sponsor just, tag in there. I think that's most important. Yeah. It's so just I, every time I see. Sponsor tag. This is every crazy time coming see someone from Gordon that he thinks someone use, doesn't know how to use Twitter. That's crazy. <laughs> 
I know how to use Twitter. I just, it's just interesting that you know someone doesn't know how to use a hashtag. Gordon finally found a tweet woman. he can understand. She knows to put space. She should know to put a space between the hashtags, or else it doesn't work. Anyway, this is Gordon. I read, read the emojis literally, Gordon. <laughs> anyway, clapping emojis. Uh, Listen, that's just a little thing that so bothers you, me. You're not. That, you're not, not her. She's not running worlds. Yeah, you're not bothered by the fact that she's running worlds is what I was going to say. I would like to see it because then we we could have a little back and forth and it would be yeah. really fun to see how she comes back from it. But I thought, hey, if she runs the world record, you know, I thought she could do it because she runs 1054. In retrospect, so much of that is the second half of a race and we didn't know what sort of shape she was going to come out in. I think she, if she had run the world record, I think it would have put everything on the table for outdoors in terms of running 104. That still could be the case. But I think it's less of a certainty now versus before. But again, it's indoor season. It's two meets. You don't want to take too much from it. Because on the flip side of things, you look at Swoboda, as you mentioned, she'd run fast before indoors, never this fast, but she's never even broken 11 seconds. So what does this mean for Swoboda? Like, are we going to see her finish well in Diamond Leagues? Are we going to see her make a 100-meter final? Like, that's not even guaranteed. And you go and you look at the past list of champions or, the, or people who have just been standout performers in the 60 on the men's and the women's side, yeah, there's some big names there, but there's also some people who completely were non-factors during outdoor season. Yeah, uh, her career is very perplexing. Like, you would not pick her out of the, the hat as the one to beat, the first one to beat Elaine Thompson-Hurrah post her incredible Olympic double. and But she yeah. is. And man, she she's she's looking good out there. She's run seven flat. She's run seven zero multiple times, um, and her tattoo game is on point. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can't. What do what do you think of her her tattoo her tattoo game? Do you think it's it's very intimidating? I mean, it's very the gun like on the Eastern bicep European. is a choice. The gun on the bicep do you have any is photos? a choice. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, speaking of photos. You know that she hasn't been a factor because look at the photo that World Athletics uses in her profile. You and I got a kick out of this yesterday when we were trying to look up her history. Go all the way to the top here. That's from 2014 World Juniors. They use they have an eight-year-old photo that they're doing for her profile. Now, it's not the worst thing to use old photos, but it just goes to show you that she hasn't really been in the mix recently. Yeah, she's you know competed well in the European circuit, run some fast 60-meter um, times. For her, the 60 makes sense. She's a great starter. And we saw the unorthodox start before when her foot came off the blocks and then came back down. Whatever she's doing works. And if you're a great starter, that's all that matters in the 60. I mean, you need to be able to, to finish the race a little bit. But that's just – that's the, the power move in, in the 60 that people don't – even someone like Thompson Hurrah, who we know how good her top end speed is, they have a diff- difficult time beating someone who's just a pure starter, which is on the men's side what makes Coleman so good because he has the start and then he has that second part of his race as well too, which is why he's a world record holder. I also think her like black nail polish is very intimidating. Like the the black on white is very like whew, it's a very like you don't mess with me. I don't know. It's good for a sprinter, right? You got to have that that vibe of intense. Tenacity and like, don't mess with me. I'm gonna take you down. You know, sprinting has that little. You need a little bit of spark, and 
she definitely is doing a good job at like not playing the role, but just like be look. I don't know. It's a very good look for a, a sprinter. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I, I know it's a, it has nothing to do with the actual training and mm-hmm. the actual skill and the talent of a runner going from one place to another. But, you know, you can't say that the tattoos aren't a thing you're going to look at and be like, whoa, that's pretty badass. That's all I got to say. Mm-hmm. Are those bats on her arm? I think it's the bat or bird. I don't know. Looks like beetles. She, I don't know. What's the one so, on her thigh? Is that like a person's head? When you go to a track meet, when you're in the media area of a track meet and someone walks through, the first question that a lot of journalists ask, especially if they're not used to covering track, is like, explain your tattoos. It's just like a general question that gets asked at every single track meet. And if someone has a lot of tattoos, they'll sit there for, depending on how talkative they are, several minutes explaining, and this one's this, and this one means that, and this one means that. So I don't know if she's had one of those um, interviews yet. She keeps running like this, obviously. That'll that'll happen. You'll get the full de- debrief on every single one of them. Um, yeah. I, I just think she's the favorite for world indoors. What does that mean for outdoors? We don't know. Elaine Thompson Raw not running indoors anymore. Didn't get the world record. What does that mean for outdoors? I don't think it puts her in that bad of a position. If anything, you're thinking, well, she at least got through this season healthy and she's had injury issues in the past and now she's she's fine. But I I also think though, we might need to tamp down our expectations for what the hundred looks like this year because the hundred was so good last year on the women's side. It may not be that fast. It could still be really great, but it may not be as fast as it was in 2021. But too early to call that, I think. I mean, I also think it's kind of interesting. I mean, typically, uh, I don't know how to explain it, but like typically, I'm going to say it. I, don't, I think it's kind of interesting that there, we might have, the, not we might not, eh, never mind. I'll, I'll bring it up off to the pod. I won't even, I won't even bring it up. I take it back. Let's talk about the next topic. Next topic. Don't even know where you're going with that. Um, yeah, I'm well, you can talk about this topic. This is a this is a topic you can talk about because um, you're an expert in the state of Arizona and the tracks that are located within. Well, you've been to them. You've been to these tracks. Okay. Hoop I'm an expert. Okay. Expl- okay. Yeah. You're an ex. You've been to these places. You've been to Flagstaff. You've been to Sedona. Explain to people what's going on. With Poopgate. Okay. So Sam Parsons, friend of the pod. He's never been on the pod, but I'm just going to say friend of the pod. It's fun to say that phrase, <laughs> friend of the pod. Um, he tweeted out about a day ago. Like, yeah, I guess a day ago. Wait, this story of why pro runners and flag are banned from using Sedona High School track for training right now cannot be real. Crying emoji. Okay. So before we get into this, what is the Sedona High School track? The Sedona High School track is a track that's like a 40-minute drive from Flagstaff. And it's a, a way for track athletes who train in Flagstaff to drop down in altitude to do speed sessions. So it's at 4,000 feet elevation. But if you're at Flag where you're at 7,000 feet, it's a way to quickly go 3,000 feet down in a short period of time, which is a 40-minute drive, of which is a beautiful drive, by the way. The drive from Flag to Sedona very beautiful. Sedona is a beautiful place. Lots of hiking trails. If you're ever in Southwest uh, Arizona, you should go to Sedona and flag. So, and because this track 
is so close to flag and at a good elevation and a easy drive, pro runners over the past multiple years have slowly trickled into coming and training on this track. Now, this track is really predominantly used by two coaches and or agents. You have the NAZ Elite team, which is Ben Rosario, and Stephen Haas, who's an agent, but also a friend of the, the, the running community who kind of brings in the miscellaneous athletes, ones who are, you know, his, his actual athletes, and then also like friends of athletes because, you know, athletes like training with other athletes who aren't their training partners because, you know, you're not going to say, hey, Mo Farah, work out separately from me. If you can hop into a Mo Farah workout, you're going to hop into a Mo Farah workout, right? They benefit from working with each other. King Ched, obviously, Edward Cheserek trains there. We did a bunch of like workout Wednesdays in Sedona with Edward Cheserek. Um, so, yeah. The who's who of running come to Sedona. So that's what this track is. It's been used a lot, mainly by NAZ Elite and by Stephen Haas's total sports people and friends. However, it looks like the fun is up. The gig is up for these pro runners because apparently someone, we don't know who it is yet. We're going to figure it out on the pod. That's the goal of this pod, to find out who the pooper is. Uh, some a certain uh, McCurdy train tweeted out the following. They're not sure if it's they, they said this is 100% real. A certain professional team came to town and showed no respect. Their quotes, not mine. The athletes that live here are furious. This is a local community, and they are essentially ruined the relationship with the high school. Basically, saying uh, speaking to a school official and getting the full word directly. I hope they ban everyone from using the track until they see fit. Professional athletes do not take priority over kids. Professional athletes do not have a right to use the track during school. Professional athletes do not have the right to defecate on school property. Professional athletes do not have a right to go into the school during school hours. This wasn't one team. This is multiple incidents. So basically they're saying mm. one of the athletes or more than one of the athletes pooped on the track and one or more went inside the school during school hours. I'm guessing they went in school during school hours to try to avoid pooping on the track because they were looking for a bathroom. And then when they couldn't find the bathroom in the school, they went out and just pooped on the track. Now, pooping on the track, it's not like they pooped in the center of like the shot put pit. You know, they pooped probably around a bush that's near the track, right? That's probably what happened. And you know, when you're training and you got to poop, you, you, you got to poop. So looking at the setup of this track, I can see how this happened because there is no public bathroom yeah. near the track. There is a bathroom that is near the track, but sometimes it's locked. Often it's locked, actually. So a lot of times these athletes are like, what am I going to do, right? Now, if it's a pee, yeah. if you have to pee publicly, a lot of people don't even notice that because pee disappears when you put it into a bush. Just pee around the corner. People pee on trees all the time, and no one says anything. But when it's a number two, then we have a, a situation. Different. A little different. A little different. So uh, people have been kind of tweeting back and forth more about this story and more about the, the poop culture at this track. You know, someone tweeted out that there was a time when there was construction going on and there were actual porta potties near the track. So people were able to poop yeah. in said porta potty. Um, and basically, this always has been an issue. How do you handle 
an influx of multiple athletes, pro athletes, who just all need a poop. Yeah. Like, how do you deal with this? There's a lot of, what's the sewage situation for these pro athletes? Um, and it looks like they came to a breaking point where too many were pooping where they weren't supposed to be pooping. And now we're here. I just like saying the word poop well, on the podcast. I'm trying to use that word as much as possible. Well, it's important too to look at the training options available to pro athletes. So once you turn professional, maybe you're still with your college coach and your volunteer assistant and you're able to use your college facility. Maybe you live in a community where there's a track that's good and it's available to the public. But if you don't fit into one of those two categories, you're at the whims of high schools or other public entities that you're a guest when you come to their track. I mean, I'm looking at some of these shots and it's kind of remarkable. These shots of that, you know, you took when you went down to Sedona, where it's so many of the best runners in the world working out on a, tr a high school track in Arizona. Like it's pretty wild, but it's a great facility, as you mentioned, and there's just not many facilities that are available to professional athletes. Now, when you're doing it at a high school though, there's obviously huge complications because the high school needs the facility after school. The high school cannot open up their school and have a bunch of people who do not attend the school, do not work at the school, going through the halls and using the bathrooms. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, you know, a similar situation in another sport, and it's like kind of hard to find a comp. Now, during the summer, when it's not being used as frequently, would that make it easier? Yeah, absolutely. But even bringing in things like porta potties, well, it's tough because what do you do? Bring in a porta potty and then roll it out when you guys are done. Like every day, someone's job is to bring in a porta potty because you're not just going to leave it out there for after school for when the high schoolers use the facilities. And this whole the whole point of this structure is to serve the high schoolers, right? As I mentioned, the runners are a guest in the scenario. So yeah, the, just the lack of tracks puts them in this position. And I'm guessing there's a lack of awareness, lack of respect with, with the groups that are being referred to of just knowing where it is that you're training. And this is, this is not like the Olympic training facility. This is not, you know, even a college. This is a, this is a high school and that original tweet that we posted where it just said there were multiple incidences, I'm guessing it just becomes too much of a hassle. And they're just like, well, why, why are we doing this anyway if the groups using it aren't going to respect it? And then you get the situation where it's like, they don't even wanna spend the time of saying like, okay, well, this group was good. This group was, was you know, followed the rules. This group didn't. They're just gonna say, forget all of it and toss it out. Yeah. And as a result, there are, a lot of athletes who depend on this track who are being the baby yeah. that's being tossed out with the bathwater, right? So um, yeah. I can, I'm sure for some people it's funny who don't live in flag, but for people who do live in flag, it's not funny because this is their livelihood, literally. Yeah. They needed this track for their livelihood and now they don't know what they're going to do. You can see Rory Linkletter tweeted out, I feel like non-flag staff-based pros just need to sit this one out. Our suffering is not your coffee talk. That's a that's a mm. that's a subtle dig at a podcast called Coffee Talk with Morgan McDonald, who he then retweeted. He got one of the retweets, um, which is kind of interesting. I'm sure maybe this is an inside job. Maybe this is someone from another popular training city who infiltrated mm. Flagstaff. Hey, go take a shit on the track. 
get them kicked off their track and force them to come train over here in Colorado. Like that could be happening. That is not this. a theory. <laughs> that is not a theory that I've seen floated. Uh, David Ribich clarified that the Brooks Beast train in Albuquerque, but for some odd reason, I think we'll be blamed for the poop. Everybody was weighing in in the distance. This was really the talk of the distance running community yesterday. People lobbing different theories. Hey, which groups were where? Who ran what? Nikki Hiltz posted, if you saw me in Sona wearing the sweatshirt, no, you didn't. You can look at what it says. I pooped today, which is great. Everybody, the hashtag poopgate is being used far and wide so on, on the internet. I mean, there's just a lot, and there's just a lot of people like going back through and seeing who trained at what time on the track to try to figure out who the, the perpetrator was. Cause everyone's like, oh, Bowerman was just there. But what you're saying is true. It's like, everybody's been there. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah but you right? know, I mean, it, everyone... Paper trails are going to be important here. You know, if you were injured during yeah. this week, it's a good sign because then you won't be held accountable for your poop. Uh, but we know Bowerman posted a Sedona tweet. Obviously, Nikki Hill set, has a shirt that says, I pooped, but she's denying culpability. Books Beast said they were in Albuquerque. Uh, Molly Seidel, who lives and trains in Flagstaff, did an eye emoji Ooh. Athletics Canada. Now, is this okay. Molly with inside information that it could be a Canadian athlete or mm -hmm. is she trying to start a riff with our neighbors up North? You know, this could be you yeah. know, a little bit of like, Hey, I don't want to, I don't want an American to get it. I want a Canadian to get the blame because only Canadians. Oh, poop, apparently. But now we do have posts of Canadians in Sedona, Charles mm -hmm. Hilbert Til Thibodeau, who is a yeah. great miler. He's a 1500 meter guy. He was posted in Sedona. Thomas Buffard, I, I can't read these names quick enough. Uh, he was in Sedona. John Gay was in Sedona. So who would have mm -hmm. thought that these personal selfie running photos could become yeah. the incrim incriminating smoking gun of the poop? Jacob Thomas tweeted out, you know Poopcake Thompson. Twitter is getting out of control when my sister, who lives 26 hours away, and knows nothing about running, text me to ask what happened at the Sedona track. Sure. You're, you're bringing up more questions than answers because you're, we had like a list. It's like, oh, this person says this, this person says that, but then you're coming up with like different motives. You're, you're kind of blowing my mind here about the misdirection that could be taking place here. Do you think we'll this ever what, know? I think this is what needs to happen. I think if the runners want to get the track back, they need to start posting oh, video photos of of themselves with their dogs. And instead of trying to point who done it, you who like it was you, as it wasn't me, it wasn't me. We need to see post a lot of dog photos on the internet. And then eventually the yeah. uh, administrators at the Sedona High School track would be like, Oh, it was just a dog poop. That's all it was. It was just dog poop. And therefore I thought you were saying they need to flip on everybody. No, they only flip on each other. They need to all put it. They all okay. need to blame their dogs. We need to. We need to let the dog take the, take the fall. Because if you get, they make the dog take the fall. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, it's okay. You're cute. It's okay. You can poop whenever you want. There's no rules." Yeah. But if you're, if you're a professional athlete, you're not allowed to poop whenever you want. There's rules that you have to sign yeah. up for. Yeah. I mean, what if? Give me this scenario. 
this is a okay. scenario. Um, let's just Molly Seidel, for example. Let's just say we don't have any more information about Poopgate. We have the same amount of info that we do now that we do in 2028. My, Molly Seidel goes on to win the Olympic marathon in 2028. First question at the press conference, post gold medal. It? Molly, who did it? Who pooped in Sedona? Do you think Number we're going to have you like think a... she'll get the joke? Right. She'll get the joke. Do you think we'll have like a, a, a Lance Armstrong sit down with Oprah style of a, like a confession? Like it was me. I, 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 I was the pooper this whole time. Yeah. What did, um, here's the question. Do when, you think when, the pooper those guys were... has a gold medal? No, no. Okay. I don't think, I don't think that's true. Um, this is, I mean, someone should, another... should do some clues though. Someone should like okay. offer up some, some Easter eggs here to try to so get Travis did point out. Travis did point out Molly's previous tweet for, was from October 11th, 2021. And mm -hmm. then she came on Twitter to post just at athletics Canada. So yeah, she's not just sitting she on her phone strongly. constantly tweeting. <laughs> the fact that mm -hmm. she was like mm -hmm. this, she clearly takes her tweets seriously because she doesn't post them as often often. And if she yeah. felt the need to tweet athletics Canada, she, I think, but here's the thing. How does she know it was Athletics Canada? Because was she present during the pooping? Like, did she witness this? Well, that's did she what... have is she a, a reliable witness? Can we put her on the stand? That's what, that's what needs to be figured out. And again, that's why I think if we don't get any information until 2028, that's when we do the court. Because at that point, the statute of limitations has run out, um, per my knowledge of this, uh, this issue. So maybe she'll be uh, free to give some more information. Yeah, it's a small community. I'm sure somebody told somebody. Now some information can get misconstrued when you're playing a game of telephone like that. But you know how these groups and teams and stuff operate. A lot of people know each other. So they probably I just want to know how the word how the word first got out and then now it has to spread cuz someone had to be the bearer of bad news. Yeah. And I don't know if there's a group text with all these elite groups or if it's just like one by one but they're saying, "Hey, um, there, someone pooped on the track, so we can't use that facility anymore. And someone's trying to get ready for the best season of their career. And they're like, wait, what? I can't use the track because why? That's insane. So two days ago, Molly posted on Instagram, find yourself a nutrition sponsor that sends a pacer along with the product. And then she tweeted, uh, she said, now, been having a ton of fun training with this guy who's part of the Merten U.S. team living here in Flag. Not only is he a great workout partner, but he also keeps me fully stocked with hydro gel. Uh, is this why are you a? Ad? I don't know. Well, I don't. Why this was? He's posted. just saying that she posted. She's just saying oh. that she she posted two days ago. But like Instagram's not the spot for that. Your Instagram's not the spot for that. The spot for it is is Twitter with the tagging. And and I think I think you brought up a good point that she's not on that often. So <clears throat> maybe that tells us that. Uh, that she's she's confident in her her prediction. Um, all right. I mean, if people also, have you know theories. This is a lesson you learn from us. This. If you need to poop, just don't poop at Sedona because confession alert. Don't I don't do it at a school. Pooped, I have pooped next to a track during my running days. 
It was a school's track. It was a college's track. It wasn't my own college. I won't say the college out loud, but there is a college out there that has my poop next to it. I felt bad at the time, but I was a young 19-year-old just needing to go to the bathroom, and it was the summer, and I was training. I just had to do it. People, I think it's kind of interesting oh, how we don't think about the when you're in a, a temporary space, and it's not like where you your go a lot and you feel like when people do things like on the side of the road, like you throw up on the side of the road, you're not really thinking about, you never got to see that throw up again because it's whatever, it's on the side of the road. But someone might be, that might be someone's neighborhood and they just live there and they have to walk by a little bit of throw up until the rain comes and cleans it away. I think the problem is it had to have been someone who treats Sedona like it was a temporary, I'm only here for a day or two and then I'm out or a week or two and I'm out. Mm -hmm. So. I think the result was newcomers coming to flag and not recognizing that this was can someone's you, home. Can you pull up that shot again of the track, the aerial shot of the track? Do we still got Travis on here? I don't think we have, Travis, don't have Travis, anymore. Travis anymore. Okay. Isn't there like a ginormous desert behind them? No. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's, there's not a No, no, no. You have to drive to the desert to poop in the desert. But it's it's a it's a town, but you have well, to drive. I know that, but I'm just saying like there's look, like a field. There's like look, a soccer field in the backdrop. Okay. I'm just thinking, if it really was an emergency, just go a half mile in the other direction. But if you're saying there's no spot there, just find a fast food restaurant or something, right? Yeah. I mean, it's way easier ways to do this than what they did. So, all right. Tyreek Hill challenged everybody to a race. Romel said, okay, let's do it. Do you think we're any closer to this happening? Gordon? It's not going to happen. <laughs> this is talked about all the time on the internet or like NFL versus track, track versus NFL. It, this is only happening because of boredom. Of like, it's fun to like talk, talk shit on the internet. But the mm -hmm. idea of someone getting onto a plane, putting on the spikes, training, doing it, it's just not going to happen. I think, uh, what's his name? Tyreek Hill is just bored. It's the off season. There's nothing to do. The draft isn't for another two months. Off season training isn't until late summer. So he's going to tweet, I'm faster than you. It's fun to tweet out. Now, Bromel is going to be like, don't, you know. So he tweeted out, I'm about to race everybody that called me out. Let's go. You know, I think he's just trying to have some fun on the internet. And I think Bromel is taking it seriously because he's sick of, you know, national media treating Tyreek like he's mm -hmm. the next coming of Usain Bolt, when in reality, you know, there's a lot of talented track athletes. And so Bromel's going to have yeah. some fun. Like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll put up money and all this stuff. Let's do it. Let's make this an event. Let's go to the New Balance track because uh, that opens up in like a month or two and make this whole thing. But I think Tyreek Hill's going to be like, nah, I'm good. Like... I think that's the problem. Like the track athletes are like, they're not really set. Like the, the NFL players can just talk and that's all they need to do. But the track athletes are going to be like, are itching for the talk to end by like actually showing up and racing. Cause Ramel would smoke Tyreek. Right. He would smoke him. There's no question about that. Tyreek is good. Yeah. Tyreek would smoke a lot of people. He would, Tyreek would smoke a lot of, I think professional track athletes, but he's not smoking Trayvon freaking Bromel.
Like that's not happening. Well, it depends how you define it. De- it depends how you define professional track athletes because I don't think he's running. I don't think he's running under like ten, one five right now. So you could but be even if it was, and run yeah. slow on that. But I mean, he's beaten him. He's beaten him before. He hasn't actually lost. I mean, look at look at the the high school marks and look at when they raced it at Big Twelves. He's actually five and zero against Bromel now. Bromel's a year younger, and that was a long time ago. Bromel is much quicker. It, I get why Hill wants to race Bolt because it's a bigger name, and it would mean more to him. But right now, Trayvon Bromel is a lot faster than Usain Bolt is, and it's not particularly close. But again, it's it's the name. He wants it to beat someone with a bigger name, and also he knows the race would be easier. So that would be an everything to lose nothing to gain type of setup for Tyreek Hill. So I get why he does it. But, you know, Bromel's putting money down. Bromel says, let's do it. Like, what do you say, 10K? 1K, something like that? And I mean, I would watch it. I would want it to happen. But I just don't think the way professional NFL players are going to be like, they don't, they're not going to. It's more fun to tweet out 140 characters than it is actually get on a plane and do the whole thing and Take the time. I yeah. do know there was a a quote from DK Metcalf like a week or two ago. He was being interviewed, yeah. and he said that he wants to make the next Olympics. And the interviewer followed up by me like, like, are you just saying that, or do you like actually want to train and actually try to make the next Olympics? And he's like, no, no, I'm actually going to train. I'm going to actually – Put in the work, and I want to make the 2014. Yeah. Which one is kind of funny because who like what professional track athlete like thinks about the global championship that is three years away? Like, you know, there's, there's multiple yeah. Yeah, yeah. chances to win global titles 2022, 2023, and then 2024. But that's just DK not really yeah. caring about the actual sport, just yeah. caring about the Olympic name. Um, but yeah, DK Metcalf said he wants to make the Olympics, and which. Would probably be if he were to make the Olympics after what you ran ten three this last yeah. year or two yeah. years ago. If he yeah. were to make the Olympics, that would be the most impressive thing I've ever seen a human athlete do. For a guy run ten three and not be trained to be a sprinter, and then three years later you're running nine eight and making the Olympics because that's what you're gonna have to run. You're gonna have to run nine eight to make the Olympics in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, I got. I got more respect. I got respect for him for actually running the race. So True. you give him a little bit more credibility versus all these other football guys. But yeah, I mean, he's 24 years old, ran 10 3. So in 2024, he'll be 27 and running the times required. Could he make it interesting? Maybe, but that would probably involve giving up football and yeah. committing to track full time. And why would he? why would he do that? It's, it's not going to happen on the side. Someone like Hill or going back farther in track history, you know, like a like a Trinden Holiday, um, you go farther back in history, you got some other folks there, could do both, right? But Metcalf isn't at that level. He's obviously very fast, but he would need to put football aside in order to get get that done or get make it interesting to improve on that 10-3. Because right now, yeah, 10-3 is not, not going to move the needle, not going to get you into the meat. So, yeah, I, I saw that quote too. 
Some other results we didn't touch on earlier when we talked about Tarun with Thompson, Haran, Swoboda. Uh, Eli Hall won the 60. Uh, Sagai almost broke her own 1,500-meter record. And then it was an exciting men's 3K, which was basically like the replay from the previous men's 3K with um, Wale, Borrega, Germa at all. Um, Eli Hall, though, getting the win. Pretty solid time for him, too. What would you think of his race? Yeah, he almost had a false start, so he almost didn't make it to the actual race. And I think because he had the almost false start, he ended up having a bad start in the actual race because you could tell like he probably was overly conservative because he didn't want to yeah. get disqualified. And that put him in a hole after the first five or 10 meters. And he was able to make yeah. a comeback and eke out a win in 6.55. Do you think 53. he could... Oh, 53. Sorry. Give him his hundreds. Give him his hundreds. Come on. Yeah. Sorry. 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 653. All right. 63. Who are you taking to be second place behind uh, Christian Coleman at USA's? Is it? That's a great question. Yeah. That's a great question. Baker. Lyles isn't doing it, right? Lyles is out. Correct. So you have Baker, Bracey, um, Eli Hall. I guess it's really between, is it going to be between Eli Hall and Baker? Is that basically the matchup? Uh, Cravant Charleston. Cravant Charleston. Just ran 52. Okay. He ran, just ran 652. Carnes has run fast uh, this year. I mean, Bracey, I don't, have we seen him? I don't think we've seen him, correct? Bracey might, Bracey might be a scratch. So. He's still listed on there, uh, but I don't think we've seen him. I know he's scratched Milrose. I don't think we've seen him since then. Eli Hall is very close to making that team. Eli Hall could make that team because that list is pretty short when you look at it. And then you, if you take out, I mean, what do you need to have, you know, sub 660? Um, although is, is Eli Hall even entered now that I'm looking at it? Eli Hall's not even on the list, Gordon. <laughs> oh, he's not? Oh. No. Eli uh, Hall's not in? Man, no one wants no. to go to Worlds. No. Yeah. So this got me thinking, too. Talk about it in the ranking show as well, too. If you go through event by event, well, how many of those events have a good one-on-one -on -one matchup? Because now with, you know, thompson Haran not running. Like, Savota versus thompson Haran, I think, would have qualified after this weekend. That would have been a good one-on-one -on -one matchup. Yeah. But then you just yeah. go up through the women's races. Like, women's, women's four, obviously, is not going to have a lot of the big names. Women's eight. You want Hodgkinson v. Mo, you're not getting it. 15, <clears throat> Sagai being there is cool. Um, but you want Muir or Hassan or Kip Yegon in there too. Ditto for the 3,000. You want those big names. They're not in there. Women's hurdles, Camacho Quinn's not running. Doesn't look like. So, And then you go on the men's side of things. You run through all the events. Let's go from the top down. 60 hurdles, Grant. He doesn't have a rival right now. So that's a walkover. 3,000 and 1,500. There's no, you know. If Ingerbritsen runs, but you want Ingerbritsen chair, you 800. Yeah. I guess if Brazier qualifies, but then it becomes Brazier versus the field, 400 nothing. It really is the men's 60. It really is yeah. Coleman versus Jacobs as the only race where we're getting a true, meaningful head to head, I think. Now, some others could bear out and, be, and look significant later on, but Coleman and Jacobs is the one that I've had circled all year, and it looks like it's going to be the one that, that holds up. That's a good point. That is probably the most, like, impactful, consequential, I think. Consequential win loss for the, the top two. 
everyone else is like a loss or a win doesn't really mean as much. But yeah. And I'll be the most watched event. I'll be looking forward to seeing the 2019 yeah. champ versus the 2021 champ. It'll be interesting. Yeah. It should be a good one. All right. Anything else from Tarun? Or anything else from your rankings you want to say? I know you haven't recorded the show yet, but any hints on what's going to happen? Any teasers? Ooh, some teasers of my rankings? I'm going to look at them right now. Uh, I can I can kind of just tell you. So right now, um, Georgia men and North Carolina A&T are basically the, the top two teams on the men's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkansas and Texas are in the mix, but Texas kind of fell off. Arkansas moved in, but A&T and Georgia are going to be the true one-two. I think that we're going to see yeah. throughout the, the meet. And then I've been flipping them back and forth, but Florida women are now back up in top over to Texas women. I did hear rumors that um, what's her name? Tyra Giddens won't be doing the pentathlon or isn't planning on doing the pentathlon. Now things could change, right? They have big 12s. She could still do it there. But if that's true, Texas won't be able to get points out of her in that event, which helps Florida because they obviously have Anna Hall and company. So right now, Florida women yeah. have a substantial lead over Texas women. But you could kind of say it's a dual meet between Florida and Texas on the women's side and North Carolina A&T and Georgia on the men's side. I do think, though, I think this next uh, episode that I'm going to record after this podcast, I am interested to kind of figure out how to rank the men's 3K. Do you want to look at my rankings right now, Kevin? And you can tell me if you think are my men's 3K rankings are good, bad, okay, could be better, could be worse. Let me Get see. the rankings up. All right. You have – you want the men or the women? Men. 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 Okay. Okay. Nagus, Nur, Beatlescombe, Kyoko, Camboy, Herrera, Kiptu, Lopez, Segura. What do you think about that? Now, notable people not in there is Nico Young because he hasn't qualified yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that order? Uh, whoa, shoot. Sorry. Uh, I would have Beatles come ahead of Nur, but Nagus number one makes sense. Why would you have Beatles come ahead of Nur? Nur. Oh, the 352. But what about Nurse 740? I mean, Beatles comes around a fast 3K too. So 743. I think three seconds slow. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the 352 is what's the okay. deciding factor here. Sorry, my microphone won't cooperate. Uh, what did you struggle with? Just that spot or the other ones? Uh, I, I didn't struggle. After the top three, it's, it was kind of known Beatles come, Nur, and Nur Goose. I kind of struggled yeah. with like. Who is going to finish four, five, six, seven, eight? Because Kyoko and Kemboy, they can have on and off races. Herrera has yeah. on and off. Kiptu, I put like down in seventh. Could Kiptu go from like, Kiptu could win it, right? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. Kiptu's like, I'm yeah. on and I, mm-hmm. I can win. So I just had trouble with like kind of sorting out the add ons after the top three. And also, the more and more yeah. I was looking at this event, and kind of seeing how the mile is going to play out. I think a lot of good milers are going to opt for the DMR. Beatles come could become 
potentially a double yeah. champion. Imagine if Beetlescum goes out and wins the mile and then comes back and wins a 3K. And it's like yeah. Beetlescum's, Beetlescum's meat. Like, that is a legit possibility. And I was just thinking about that when putting together rankings. That Morgan Beetlescum might become, pull off like a Cole Hawker-esque type indoor. I think he's going to get at least one. I think he's too good to not get one title in Birmingham. I don't blame you, though, for being confused by these rankings because with the times being so fast, you don't really know what to trust. Because you're looking yeah. at this mark, you're like, oh, such and such ran this mark, but then you can just pull up another guy who you don't even have in your top eight, probably, who only ran a second or two slower. And you're yeah. like, well, wait a minute. What does that mean? Does that mean that this time doesn't matter at all? Well, no, it can't mean nothing. But maybe it doesn't mean as much as it used to. So the top three, I think, are good because those guys have a lot of championship experience. And same with Kyoko and Kemboy. Like this, this not, honestly would not surprise me as a top eight. There you go. Not surprise you. I love that as a reaction to my rankings. These, these rankings well, would not surprise me. That's a good, well, that's a good one. Let me just say this, though. Before the season, would I be surprised with Kip 2 being that low? Yes. But given the events of the season and how fast everybody's run, doesn't surprise me. Here's what's going to happen, though. Let's not overcomplicate this. Okay. Kip 2 is going to go out crazy. Fast, yeah. right? They're going to go back to their bread and butter. They're not going to play around. And this race is going to be ridiculously quick. So... Will he be able to hold on? That's going to be tough. Is he going to fall all the way down to, what do you have him in, seventh? Maybe not, because maybe the pace just breaks the entire field. And Nagus is able to stick with him and kick past him, but you know he, he sticks around in the top two or three. That, that, that could be a likely outcome too. Yeah. And there's always people that you can rank where they're either going to finish like top three or 15th. Like yeah, there's some yeah. people who aren't going to fight for a seventh or sixth. Like they're just only going to yeah. fight for the win or they're going to be like, I'm done and jogging and finish 14th to 16th. So it's always a thing yeah. to think about as well. Yep. So. No, I, I totally agree with that. But I think this year will be a test of just, all right, how much weight can we put into the times? Because it's going to be fun to look afterwards and say, man, this man or woman who got 14th <laughs> had this insane regular season mark. Not that that's, not, that's happened in the past, I know. But this year, with the depth of the performances being even greater than it's ever been in terms of quality, you just, you're going to have more of those situations, I think, where people who are not in, the, not in scoring positions, not all Americans who were, you know, had ridiculously good regular seasons. I mean, we might... Obviously, this next weekend, we'll see a lot more spark again with some athletes. But is it me? But Terrence Jones, who in January runs 645, mm -hmm. we haven't, like, heard from him, right? He didn't run another Did 60. Be... Yeah. He hasn't run another is 60. Is that kind of yeah. weird? Oh, like how he runs world-leaning mark, and then ever since then, he just well, did yeah. – Jan in January, 14th, he runs that 645. And then two weeks later, he's on a 4x4. Four four, and then he's a DNF last week in a 200. 
Should that be a yeah. concern? Should like Terrence Jones be maybe that be like a misleading? Uh, well, I leader? moved him down. I moved. I have him because I put college kids on my overall rankings too because it doesn't make sense to just pretend Trey Cunningham doesn't exist. Like that would be silly. Yeah. And I, I moved this week. I did move Jones down just because it had been so long since he ran that race. We obviously know that the video evidence points to him uh, starting before the gun. Not to say he's not a good runner because he's run in that heat. He ran six fifty low, so I still kept him up there. But yeah, I would be, I would be worried for sure. I mean, what do you do? You have him number one still ahead of Makai Williams? No, I have him two behind Williams, and Williams also yeah, hasn't I mean, really run much either. But yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Ranking this stuff is hard because whatever standard you choose to apply to one event, if you do it to another event, things look really strange. Yeah. And I think it's even more so in indoors because the season's so short. Some people don't run. You don't know who's doing what. But you take the example internationally, ranking someone like Cole Hawker. Well, he loses to Cooper Tier in a time trial mile. So is Cooper, and I had him sixth. I mean, what weight do you put into that? It's like, do I put Cooper? Is does that mean Cooper Tier is number five, or does that mean Cole Hawker is number eleven? It's like, yeah. There's so many judgment calls here. I mean, I put welcome to my world. I put of ranking. T- yeah, I put Tier in the rankings, um, but I, I didn't drop Hawker much because my thing is, well, at least he's racing. A lot of these people they'll run one time, and and that's it, and then they sit on that mark for a couple weeks, but. I finally got rid of pretty much everybody who hasn't run just because there was enough quality performances to, to bump all those folks out. So events like the men's 800, you got a lot of big names missing. Women's women's 3K, women's 15, you know, I, I take out Kip Yegon, take out uh, Sifan Hassan, take out Laura Muir. It just totally reshapes how those things look. So then you have someone, you know, you got, you know, Josette Norris, moving up even higher because well she ran so you at a certain point you can only rank the people who are competing yes that's why our sports weird i mean people talk about how to make the sport more pop popular uh they're like oh in- incorporate a team element have more domestic meat all this blah 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 all this thing yeah. if you really just want to make the sport more popular imagine if in order to be eligible for world championships you have to compete like 30, like 20 times, like force the athletes to compete, you know? Yeah. We don't do that. Yeah. Because see it more. Yeah. There's, yeah. I mean, I just listed when I was going through all those one-on-one matchups that we're not getting at worlds, I just listed four or five that would be fun to see. And that doesn't even mention the people who just didn't even run at all. Yeah. And we are incentivizing athletes not to run indoors. There's an incentive not to run. Barrowman is incentivized to not go to USA's because they're incentivized to focus on doing a 10K time trial a week after USA's. They're incentivized to chase a standard. They're incentivized to care more about qualifying for an outdoor championship than an indoor championship. Uh, Elaine Thompson Hurrah is incentivized to shut it down and focus on outdoor. Everyone is incentivized to only care about one week of the year, which is in July in Eugene. And that screws up the other 51 weeks of the year because we are saying the other 51 weeks of the year don't matter. Or maybe the other 50 weeks of the year don't matter. And if we want yeah. the other 50 of the weeks of the year to matter, 
you got to tell them you don't get to run in the that big week unless you actually do something during the other 50 weeks. But we don't do that because, you know, athletes can't handle racing too much. I mean, how imagine if someone like Sarah Hall were to run the Tokyo Marathon and then the New York half and then the Boston Mar- and then the Boston <laughs> Marathon. Oh, the chaos. Yeah. She's going to fall yeah. apart. She can't do that. No, she can and she will and she is. Which is what's great. So yeah. Athletes, shout out Sarah Hall. They run every day. Athletes literally run every day, <laughs> so they can race more than. If you, racing is just running. That's what it is. You're running. So if you can, it's supposed to be a, the most fun part of the sport too. Yeah. Stop. Replace Compete. what? Th- replace fifteen of your workouts with a race, and then see what happens. You're not going to fall apart. Advice Play. there. From Gordon Mack. Uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks to Travis for producing. Thanks to Colt for producing. Thanks to our sponsor, Hoka, CLOX. Check them out. Hoka.com. Faster forward. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. We'll do a big uh, conference, NCAA preview. Also talk about the uh, BU Last Chance Meet and all the other uh, events we got on tap for this weekend. And we'll USA's. talk to you guys next time. Oh, sorry. USA's. Whoops. Forgot all that USA. Exactly, USA exactly. as well, too. Oops. Oh, yeah. My bad. That's I knew there was yeah. something in there. We'll see. see you guys.